0: Welcome to the Everyday iRacers podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm
1: Rob. And we are, well, Everyday iRacers, just like you. So we have a very special podcast for everyone this week. We have some special guests. This week,
0: we're joined by the creators and developers of Racelab. Isvan and Toby are here with us to talk about, you know, their beginnings in iRacing and the origins of Racelab. And we hope to kind of find out a little bit of where they want to take Racelab in the future. So welcome, gentlemen hey thanks for having us yeah good to have you yeah appreciate it so maybe we can kind of jump right in you guys have created race lab which is much loved within the iRacing community but i'm assuming that before you created race lab you were iRacers right you had to have an interest in in iRacing to get to that point what's your history with iRacing?
2: Like my history starts from, uh, I think, from a Need for Speed kind of games, right? When when I started with those kind of car racing games, I wasn't really interested in any kind of simulated uh, racing because I didn't really know what exactly it means and feels and looks like. So I remember very clearly that one day I went to Toby's place. He wanted to show his simulator, which was a very simple seat, which was a foldable seat, right? A play seat challenge. A play seat challenge, yeah. I've I've got a play seat challenge in the other room, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then we were playing uh, project cars, maybe. And then the first Mm. time I tried, I was really blown away about all the details, all the feel that you can feel from the wheel. You know, I never had anything Mm -hmm. like that before. I never driven a car with an actual wheel, pedals and everything so the experience was really really cool and i immediately fell in love into sim racing and i think at that point i decided okay i, I need to get one i need to play and even at that time i didn't know i racing but i think it was toby who showed me also i racing and uh, i quickly realized that for me is the racing is the way to go because it has this huge community um, I was never interested in you know racing with AI, basically because if I beat them, it doesn't give me satisfaction. But if I race with actual real people you know spread across the world, <laughs> then it it's there's just the spice in it that I really, really like. and 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 then we started to do some races, nothing very serious. I think it goes back to two thousand and seventeen. Mm-hmm. And I remember I played one or two months, and uh, for some reason, I stopped for for like a year. And then I started to race with it again, started to get into streaming uh, because I found that's very interesting. And uh,
0: yeah, that's basically how I met with this whole game. I'm not sure if that's actually the answer to the question. No, that's perfect. Because it, it really helps us understand how you even got in, involved in this, right? Mm-hmm. Through, through your friend, Toby. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. That's, that's the story of so many of us. Yeah. You guys are
1: classic everyday iRacers. <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs> it, it usually, I mean, I racing. I think it's the barrier with the monthly payment, and you also have to pay for tracks and cars can feel as a barrier. And when I went into this racing, I was using Aceto Corsa and Project Cars 2 was coming with insane graphics. Mm-hmm. But in the end, for me personally, it was, was a disappointment, especially if my, my wheel and settings. And iRacing just worked. And I used to enjoy competitive first-person shooters a lot. So I'm, I'm not an offline player. And yeah, I think competition thing in iRacing is really good. I also did like that you have to register with your credit card. So your name is there, like your name is not hidden behind a username. So, when you say something, it, it makes yeah. it feel much more real. And, but I didn't do a lot of racing until we started Race Lab. And I wish I could do more race, to be honest. <laughs> race Lab still uh, eating a lot of my
0: free time. And <laughs> yeah. you have almost two hobbies you have racing, but building Race Lab. And so, any time you have is either one or the other.
1: Similar to many people out there, right? I mean, we're all trying to sort of juggle our desire to be sitting in our rigs and life, right? Whether it's family or work or exercise or just anything other than sitting in your rig. Well, and and Rob, we were even talking about this yesterday. Like, Toby, you were saying you used to enjoy competitive
0: first-person shooters. You probably don't have that much time for that kind of thing. You're probably not doing a lot of console gaming. That becomes secondary when you get into racing or start developing something like Race Lab. So. But what was the most interesting thing for me about sim racing is that i didn't even
2: knew that i'm gonna like sim racing it, yeah. it just really sucks you in as soon as you know what it is and how it works and all the competitiveness in it i really enjoying this uh, sim racers life and and we, we even have a common friend with toby who is also very passionate about racing. And it's super interesting that me and Toby are really passionate about racing in general. Myself, I'm watching Formula One races every time when it's on the TV. But again, I didn't know I really like sim racing myself. So it's, it's a pretty interesting topic for me.
1: Yeah, there's so many elements of it that are a draw for me too. It's not only the competition; it's also like the technology part of it, yeah, right? It's kind of you get true. to play around with computers, and you know, I've <laughs> never had triple monitors before. And you know, a year ago, I didn't even know what a GPU was. And uh, but I've got Josh here, my tech support. He helps me with everything that I struggle with. But I enjoy that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there's the whole do-it-yourself part of it, right? There's oh gee, I need to have a microphone, and I need to figure out where to put the stand, and no, oh, I need to get a buddy to 3d print me apart so that it fits nicely and all that kind of stuff triple screen versus white versus vr let me have a long discussion about vr versus screens (laughs) um yeah josh and i are in the middle of that right now but anyway so how did the birth of race lab come along yeah that's a good question
2: as far as I can remember, when I was streaming and and playing with iRacing at the same time, I remember somewhere I saw that you could actually have some extra things on your stream, you know, some overlays. And I was looking around and I found a couple of apps that were there at that moment. I tried them, but I didn't really like them in in a sense that I thought there would be something better that you could create. And uh, I didn't really like the the flexibility of them as well. Some of them was really confusing how Mm -hmm. to set up, uh, even for me as a developer. So I was there like thousands of options in one page and you have to read through all of them. And that was just nothing good enough that I thought I would use. Obviously I was using one, but then I had this, I don't know, I think from Toby also, also knows because we were working together at, at some point. And I always like to have like thousands of ideas I have about different things to do and the new apps, your new software to build and 999s are like thrown away because it's just a stupid idea. <laughs> but that was my idea that maybe I can try to create something just for myself. I didn't even think about creating an, an app for
3: others. How long ago was that? The first version was in one year. Yeah, a bit more. Like January, one year back, was the first version deployed. Yeah.
2: But I remember I created something only for my stream and a couple of people were interested in it and they said they could also try if they could have it. So I sent it to them. But at the time we only had like one or maybe two relatives and sendings and I sent it to them. Uh, They liked it, but then they wanted to have it a little bit differently. And then they asked me, can you put something in so that I can have it in this way? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? And then that's how the configurability came into place. And then I was thinking, maybe then I should really just do this for others and let's see how they're going to like it. So when I was streaming, I was telling people that there's no way you can use. Um, I'm building it for fun.
1: And um, that's how we started. That's awesome. You know, I've been iRacing for about a year, kind of like a, a COVID <laughs> iRacer. And Josh, he's the same sort of time frame. But when I first started using it with my G29 and my single little office screen, I was using the iRacing overlays. And then I had a separate screen just for overlays and I branched out and I went looking. And I think the first one that I tried out was that, I don't even know how to pronounce Mm -hmm. it, but that caps one but in order to get access to it, I had to subscribe to him on Twitch and I I don't know, it was complicated. And then I came across race labs and this was before you guys were a Mm -hmm. subscription business, right? Like it it was free. It was out there like, Hey, go ahead and use this. And Josh and I both did it about the same time. I think we both sent you a Mm -hmm. PayPal donation or something like that. And I remember you guys had a little something on your discord saying, Hey, the uh, total donation Per person is the equivalent of like two cents a month. There's or always both. something, right?
2: <laughs> I, I don't think it ever reached two cents. I think it was one cent at max. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Didn't really work.
1: Anyway, so Josh and I were pretty excited to kind of be a recipient of your first iterations out for free. You know, unless somebody would send you a couple of euros, but then to to move to a subscription service and to see it really uh, ramp up. But there's still a free
3: option, so there's tons of feature available for free still even though there is a paid subscription in there. And I think that's unique compared to all the others. But I just wanted to go back to the question how the idea of Racelab came. I mean, we are both like tech guys and we mm. love gadgets and things that look cool. And the iRacing UI, it's not that you can't be competitive with only iRacing UI stuff. But still, I think there's room to do fancy things. I think it was also one of my primary motivation to do something cool that when I'm sitting in a rig and have fun with it, it's useful. It was like a big motivation for me too.
2: I would like to add one thing to that thought, which I read on one of the iRacing forums. And I really liked the idea that someone was questioning, why do you need overlays? Like you don't need uh, overlays at all. You can just play iRacing without it. And someone was even questioning whether it's a fair or unfair advantage um, that some others using some sort of tool that gives them more information about their races. And there was a guy saying, look, irising is a simulator, right? So it simulates racing. And just as in a, in a real life, You have teams that using different softwares up to their liking you know it's up to you to use whatever you like whatever the best package you can put together with you with your team all the software or the setup of the car everything to make it possible to you know achieve good results in racing you know that's up to you completely and i really like the idea about this that essentially it's really up to the the racers what to choose and Uh, At the end, it will contribute to the success of his
0: um, races. And uh, I just like the concept. And, And even the radar overlay. I think in real life, a lot of those cars have some sort of radar that tells you if someone's around them, I think. So
3: it's all very realistic. Also some comments about maybe this is cheating. And we also on purpose made that radar for free. The free subscription model, you can use it. Because in the end, we want to make iRacing a safer place to race this is our contribution because for me, it's the same discussion. Not everyone can afford a triple screen and then you simply can't look left or right. Well, and to your point about making it Safer, right? Just
0: understanding who you're racing against. And Rob, I think if we go back about a year ago, when you and I first met, we kind of were in a couple races together, like a lot of folks and said, Hey, Rob, I remember you. How's it going? Good to see you again. And one of the first things you kind of said to me was, Hey, Josh, watch out. The guy behind you is like a D800. And I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. well, thanks. I'll watch him in turn one. How did you know that? And you kind of said, "Oh, well, I have this thing called Race Lab. I'll email you about it." And so, that was actually kind of one of the first things we talked about when we connected was Race Lab, and and how do we get that up and running? <laughs> cool. So, awesome story. Oh, nice. <laughs> Yeah, kind of the
1: beginning of our little uh, connection. And and Toby, I love how you framed that last question. You talked about how you know it was your contribution to the racing community to provide this radar, basically to allow for greater safety and greater enjoyment for everybody, and that you're putting it out there as part of the free package, right? Which is a big package of Race Lab. I think it's awesome. I mean, your motivations in this they seem to be very centered on you know the core of a uh, love of high racing and sim racing and fairness and competition and it's great for some of us like myself or others out in the community that are a little
0: bit more technical and kind of interested in this stuff you know what's it like to kind of work with the iRacing API you know I'm I'm guessing there's real-time information streaming that you have to then turn into visuals on the on the screen do you get any help from the iRacing staff or or is this pretty much just figure everything out on your own good luck Um, you know as much as you're able to share, comfortable sharing, what, what's the process of building this really intricate, complex piece of software on top of iRacing? Mm.
2: Um, I would first separate between the UI and between the backend port because... Um, me and Toby, I think we are a really good match because he is really strong on the backend and database stuff. And I'm good on the front end side. So I can share stuff on the front end side. And if you're talking about telemetry, I have to tell that I always uh, have this uh, telemetry stream, right? That you can process. It's a it's a pretty raw stream that you need to somehow make sense of. I think at the really beginning, there are a lot of troubles and a kind of a, a brick wall about problems that you face when you you start to work with in telemetry data. And at the beginning, it was really tough to kind of um, overcome those. So the answering your question, I don't think it's very easy to start with it. But then after you spend a couple of months understanding uh, what is what, mm. then uh, it becomes easier. Unfortunately, there is no way, or at least we didn't reach out for uh, any IRISing developers we mainly try to learn it and make make sense of it but at the beginning there's a
3: lot of challenges uh, with, with just basic stuff i mean there's there's a documentation for like this iracing sdk and you know how like what variables you get and so on but you then need for yourself to make sense out of it for example in a relative to calculate what's the difference now the data you get from iracing itself is raw and you need to figure out for yourself how you do those calculations
2: and you might think it's very easy, and you you might think the the relative is like uh, common
3: sense, but it's not. Yeah. Just to clarify, I do not think yeah. that it's very. Yeah, <laughs> that it's very easy, right? I mean, <laughs> we we didn't actively like ask the iRacing racing guys for help. Not sure how much they would help. You can still post in the forums, but in the end, it's also a lot of debugging mm-hmm. because. You know that the shape of the data at some point is is clear, but you need to figure out then what i racing sent you, and you have like different situations: you're in pits, you overlapped, you're out, or whatever, and the positions. And sometimes i racing let's say sends you data you don't expect, and you have to somehow figure out how it works. So this is not like there's not a documentation for it. It's just you get like a lot of data and deal with it. That's basically what we do, and. Uh, I was thinking there's all kinds of intricacies.
0: Like I've noticed on the relative, when you cross the start finish line, yeah. it says not a number for just a second. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so you're probably having to handle just not garbage data, but just a change in the data for that split second. It's like, how do you handle this? Yeah. Um, it, and each little problem is intricate and complex and, and, you have this now you have this huge user base out there that just mm. expects you guys to work miracles. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure there's so many challenges to solve just within a single piece of
3: and also is when we are mostly doing road and oval is a complete different story. And and then the data yeah. looks completely different <laughs> or something is different. It's yeah, that's the kind of challenge we face. But that's why we also like give it for, for free so you can try it out. And we, we needed this time where it was completely free build up all this know-how to get the user feedback because we needed a community to actually test and give us feedback.
1: So a year ago, I was using a free version and at that stage of the game, were you guys already looking ahead going like, okay, you know, we're just going to try and build this free base try and get a thousand people using it or whatever. And then in six months time, we want to move it over to a subscription basis. I don't think we were thinking about any subscription
2: based at the beginning. At least I, I wasn't when, when I was building it myself. But then we got so many users and we kind of wanted to elevate the application to move it to the next level. And you know, the problem we faced is that although we love to work on it in our free time and it, it, it takes a horrendous amount of time to even develop the smallest thing, um, we just wanted to elevate the application to a different level essentially to work more on it. You know, With more users, the more, more problems come, uh, more support they need, uh, more availability you need. So somehow you need to create this time that you can spend on the app instead of your daily job. So we figured out if we still provide a free version of the app, but we make it optional to opt in into like a professional membership where you can get uh, more things out of the application. Then maybe we can finance our time, you know, maybe reduce our full time job and work one full day on the app. And then we could actually do a lot more than we did before.
3: Yeah, I mean, the the question was if we did plan that from the beginning. And I would say clearly no. I mean, obviously, as a software engineer, you always look out for something to create. But I think we were a bit surprised. We we didn't spend a single cent on marketing. And we are tracking the downloads of the app. And we just saw it was increasing and increasing. We had more features. We had more requests for features. And then we saw that it is growing. And when you see something you create that grows, you are even more motivated to, to do more. And at some point it was getting too big to just do it in, in your free time because it is fun to do this, but it's also work. People sometimes underestimate this and uh, software doesn't only consist of features. There's, there's a lot around it. And we, we tried this donation model and it, it simply didn't work. I mean, we posted the stats about it and to actually keep supporting it, we needed another way. And our approach was this subscription model But we always want to make sure that people have a chance to use it also in a free tier.
1: Well, I'll tell you, it wasn't all that long ago that I was having some problems with my race lab. I don't remember what it was. was, I think I got a new hard drive or something. Anyway, something wasn't working. So I went to your Discord channel and I sent a note like, hey, does anybody know how to fix this? And Isvan jumps in and is like, oh, I'll help you out. And I'm just a, an ordinary guy on the other side of the world. And I was like, hey, can we just connect on like a Discord chat? Are you open for that so that we can just kind of like solve this once and for all? And he's like, absolutely, don't worry, we'll fix this up. And he, you know, he had me squared away and fixed in five minutes. But, you know, outstanding oh, customer service. And that all takes time. You know, you can't do that for a thousand people who have a problem. But it certainly goes to show you how committed you guys are to, you know, the customer customer service experience and to making this work for people. And-, and I kind of have a question
0: around that. So, you know, you're developing the software. You're still trying to find a little bit of time to race and stream. But how much if you think about the percentage of time versus fixing bugs and
3: creating new features versus supporting Rob, how much time do you spend kind of supporting it? To give just like a hard number, that's probably hard. It also depends. But also, I mean, we are both software engineers. And I strongly believe that when you as a software engineer, you need to support your own system you're also motivated to implement it properly. So if we get too many support requests for problem X, we just try to solve it so we, we have less of those. We do that on a daily basis to, to improve. We know that not everything is smooth, but we try to improve always. I think that's really important that, that we don't outsource the support it, but we're still very glad that we have a nice community and they also try to help out in, on the Discord. So thanks to, to the, the whole community. Yeah. If we can take this chance to say thank you for helping, we have really cool guys helping out. Yeah, and I, I would just add that um, we, we spend a significant
2: amount of times to listen to our users because we always kind of open for ideas and suggestions. And we receive many, many ideas and we always have like open ears because we know that we are also just regular eye And we believe that, you know, more eyes, more brain can produce better ideas. So we really love to interact with our users. And that's why we have the Discord channel. That's why we have a suggestions channel. And I really think that that kind of contributes also to the success because I think our community also feels like they are driving the development of PhraseLab. There were many features that people were asking for it and pushing it. And, you know, <laughs> we have no other choice, just, mm. just building it. But but we always try to build it something unique, something, you know, that no one else did it before. And it makes sense. It's not just, oh, here's a new feature and no one will use it. We actually want to build something that actually helps and makes you either a better racer, or makes you understand better what you're doing wrong or what
1: you can do better. It, it kind of leads and, me into yeah. the question, like you guys have changed so much in the last year, you've changed so much in the last six months. I mean, the number of uh, additions and new things that you're adding to a race lab on an ongoing basis is pretty astounding. I can't keep up. I have to admit, I need to take an evening away from iRacing and just sit down and work with layouts and, you know, get everything all sort of set up the right way. You guys move too fast. I guess my question is when you guys look forward now, I mean, you've gone to your free or subscription service, you've really expanded. It's really changed its overall look in the last 6 months, a bit of a rebranding almost. Do you have any vision on how things are going to look in a year's time? Before we
2: actually go there, I think there is there is a one very important component to Race Lab, and that is how we met our our designer. His name is Luke, and it was very funny because at the very beginning of Race Lab, we had this very simple view of the old UI of Race Lab. And the overlays look great already at that time. But, you know, the full UI was still a little bit like it's it's just the start of something, right? And uh, that was this guy, Luke, who messaged me and he told me, hey, I'm like a UI designer. That's my full-time job. And I would be really happy to have you guys out. You know, I can just make something and then you, you guys see if you like it. And at that time, I just somehow missed his message. I, I think I read it, but I forgot it. So two weeks later, he came on my stream and he talks about some UI improvements. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a really good idea. Please send me a message on Discord and we can talk about it. And when he sent me a message on Discord, I saw that he was actually writing me two weeks ago about the same thing. But then but then we kind of started to talk about this. And yeah, we made a bunch of improvements on the on the UX and UI side. So big, big thanks for Luke for stepping in. And now we're kind of working together very tightly on new features and everything. There's a lot of discussions around many things, Toby, me, and Luke. So I think that's also very important to mention.
0: That's one thing I was going to say. It's always looked nice from the first time I saw it, but maybe it's when Luke came on board. You kind of created, I'm looking at it right now, that whole front page, and then now you've added the series. You know, it really is this kind of laboratory. and It's not just overlays anymore. It's kind of a landing page for iRacing.
2: Yeah. And, and I think we have a vision that I think Toby was saying really, really nicely. Basically, what Race Lab is or supposed to be, or the aim of the project is to make the iRacers' life,
3: uh, I don't That's even know how to phrase it, more phrase it. fun and enjoyable. It's just for me, when I start in mm-hmm. iRacing, it, it's not as easy to start. And like simple stuff like what's my lap time and what's my friend's lap time, just this kind of thing. We want to create a package that makes it much more enjoyable to use iRacing. For example, in the series feature we released a couple of weeks ago, where you can instantly compare, there's so much data you could use and visualize. And when you'd race, it's cool to then also compare. It is for, at least for myself, it's a bit hidden or a bit too complicated on normal iRacing website to find out those those things. So yeah, we want to make it more enjoyable. I think you're
2: right. Uh, Racer is not just an overlay application. We want to be a lot more than that. We want to be something that you can use before, during, and after your races. And we want something to be enjoyable and very easy to use, very fun to use. So if you're just talking about telemetry, you know, many people, and I think most of the pro uh, irisers all the aliens um, they take their time to have a look at their telemetry and analyze it and somehow make sense of it and then be faster on the next race but we as average drivers, we just either don't have the time for it, or it's not a fun thing to do. Right? It's it's just analyzing the lines and everything sounds interesting at the beginning, but then you kind of it kind of fades away the interesting part of it, and it's more like a struggle for me. What I want is I want to hit the track, I want to enjoy myself in the car because you know we usually don't have a lot of time for this. So the more time you can spend in the car, the better it is. The more you can enjoy the game. So for example. We created the input telemetry. So you don't have to go back in some kind of telemetry analyzing session to then see what you did. you can get an instant feedback if you spin up this overlay on your screen. you know you, you turn in, you, you trail breaking whatever you need to do and while you on the on the straight coming out of the turn you can just have a look at the telemetry, you immediately see that you dropped the throttle too quick or you know you didn't break the way you wanted to. It's just so easy and then just instant feedback. And then the next lap, you can improve on that. And then on top of that, we also know that people racing on races like you guys always try to beat each other, right? Because you cannot beat the, the top 1% of the racing drivers because they are just way too fast. They're, they made basically professional racers. You cannot beat them. And it's not fun when you see that you're one second behind uh, on the short track. So then we created this telemetry comparison where you guys can both be in the same session and just do lap, lap, lap. And then whoever had the best lap time, you're going to see the the inputs inside this input telemetry. So you can immediately see your inputs to his inputs and you see, ah, you're breaking 50 meters later there. Damn it. I'm going to try it next lap. So much more fun. I think that summarizes what race lab really trying to do to just give you more time to enjoy
1: um, racing and just have fun around it. I use that feature all the time. I haven't caught up with all your features, but that mm-hmm. one we use. I have my telemetry right in front of me and I can see Josh's name underneath it. So I know he has the fastest, <laughs> fastest lap, so it's it's really good. <laughs> It's interesting, before knowing anything about you guys, Josh and I have had a conversation about Race Lab. You know, I think when your new UI came out and you came up with the statistics page and that kind of stuff, we were discussing Race Lab just from a sheer interest point of view. And we were thinking, hey, this isn't just an overlay. Like what these guys are obviously trying to do is to create kind of a racer's laboratory you know, race lab tools to help us analyze where we need to be, save time. So we're not digging through the old iRacing website, which had stuff hidden in the deep (laughs) corners and all that kind of stuff, because we were going to the old website to figure out standings and like who did what this week. And, you know, we had the tenacity to, to dig deep and find that, but you guys were sort of taking care of that for us. So you were creating this laboratory for racers. And to hear you just describe now sort of what your vision is for it, what you're trying to accomplish, where you're trying to go with it, you know, it comes across to the everyday consumer because that's what Josh and I picked up on. So good job.
0: I have a couple of questions. I think I remember Dave Cam or some other YouTuber that really has a good following was using it. Do you remember the first time you saw someone else use it that you know that had some followers and kind of said, ah, oh, it's really starting to get some traction. Yeah, I, I can answer that because I clearly remember the first big
2: uh, kind of boost that the race lab had was because Dave came. He started using it. We didn't even have a website back then, but somehow he found it and found it's very interesting. He even sent me uh, some messages that he he really likes what he sees and he will try to use it. And then from that moment, we got a really big user boost. Mm. And uh, since then, it just people just keep coming in. At the beginning, I didn't even understand where all these people are coming from, because back in time, we only had a Discord channel. And what you could see is in every hour, there was like, I don't know, 30 to 50 new joiners, and they would just keep coming in, coming in, coming in, and it didn't stop. And I'm like, there's no way there's so many people. I really think that we get this kind of level of increase every day. So I think that was the first thing that I can remember. um, Dave, he's still using
1: it, actually.
3: Yeah, (laughs) but we also watch the streamers just to see how they use things. Also, when we deploy new features like layer Build or the Series Module, because it's really interesting for us or see how we can improve those. Is there a single feature that's kind of hanging over your head
0: that you're like, it's it's just so much time to build this. Everybody wants it, but there's 10 other things that are smaller that would have more of an impact. Is there anything where you're like, okay, if we give them what they want, they'll just leave us alone and we can kind of get, get on to the next. Is there anything like that in, in this process? Cause you've kind of created this, this community <laughs> that is demanding things from
3: you you can't um, rest because we have uh, a lot of new ideas big ones and thousands of small ones
2: <laughs> but I think nine user out of ten user would, would know what this, what this big feature is that they want that should come next to a race lab and that's um, the track map mm. a lot of people asking for it and we know about it it's a feature that is not so trivial to make and we also would like to make something unique and not just a simple same track map if we can so we're we also exploring a lot, lot of different parts of it, but it's, it's an overlay that takes time to build. And it's funny because when people asking it, we always say, yeah, we're working on it, but we, we really are working mm-hmm. on it. It just takes a bit more time. Yep. And, and as you said, there are thousands of things next to it, little things to improve, but at the end you improve two, three things in a day and then the day is gone. And then, and then the next day you take the next task. And it's for me and also for Toby, it's always, you know, which finger to bite. You have so many things and you don't know which one to choose, which one to pick, because everything has some value and for some one means more than the other. So it's um
3: it's always a challenge. It's not only features that's in. No, we need to monitor stuff and errors happen. We need to build stuff that we see when something is wrong and we need to be able to fix it. We also had issues that our hoster was mm, the network mm. down and need to deal with different things. But I think one more feature that's really highly requested is the the full screen support. From a technical point of view, we know how to do this. But if you have a full screen app running on operating system level, it's only one app can then run in full screen. Which means if you want to have an overlay, you need to draw into that process somehow. And iRacing is also using, for example, easy anti-cheat. So the last thing we want to do is build this and then we have a customer be banned by Easyonticheat because of our app. So there's also some clarification we need to do with iRacing guys. Yeah, but I would say next to the track map, full screen support is a feature that's requested a lot. I think one, one other area where we actually want to add more feature or make it better is the team races. We do believe that there's a lot of potential mm. to make the life much better of team racing. And we have some really cool ideas. We want to bring out think, mm. things you've never seen before in racing, but uh, stay tuned. I
2: remember one year ago, I was saying that we have so many great ideas in the app that we probably have like only 10% or 5% in the app that we're going to have later on. Obviously, the app changed a lot, but I would still say there is a lot of potential there it's ready to be
3: discovered. But I would give the question back to you. Also, like, what would be your number one missing feature in in RaceLab that would be interesting to hear? Well, it and it's funny. I used to be
0: one of the people that said, "Hey, what about full screen?" And Isvan, you always have kind of guided people like, "Hey, it works great in you know windowed borderless." And I changed, and I even figured out that I, I thought I would get more frames if I was in full screen. But I figured out like even in my setup, windowed borderless works great, and the overlays work great with that. So I have kind of set full screen aside for me personally. I can't wait to see what you do with the series um, and with the the aspects of comparing myself to just people I don't even know out there, comparing myself to teammates, mm. I'll really be interested to see how
1: you develop that. It's the same thing for me. The overlays themselves, as far as I'm concerned, you've covered all the bases and you just keep yeah. coming up with stuff that I never even thought about. It's the the lab portion of it, the analyzing right. portion of it that I look forward to. And just as an aside, we talk about it in our podcasts all the time. But if I'm going into an IMSA race at the beginning of the week, I'm going into the iRacing standings to sort of figure out what the average lap time is for people in my split to sort of figure out like what I need to get to before I can be competitive. And then you came out with your page with the statistics and it showed you the fastest lap time of a guy and so on. It was helpful, but personally, I needed it to be more like people of my level, not the whole spectrum, right? But I'm sure that you've heard that too, or you're thinking that way as well, but it's that kind of stuff. It's that stuff that saves me the time of digging through the iRacing data to help me analyze my own racing. I use VRS, so I'm looking at the VRS telemetry. So the more it can be sort of brought under one roof and umbrella, the better for me. But you guys are doing an, an outstanding job. And, you know, I think your vision is great. You're executing really well. And I love that it's kind of a fluid entrepreneurial scenario and that the community seems to really sort of support you too. And seems like it's a, a pretty good pretty good process. Can I quickly jump in with the
3: series? We completely understand you and we actually had this thought already because our goal of the series module was really to make it relevant for every user. It doesn't matter how bad or good you are. And in the end it just didn't mm-hmm. make the cut. And it doesn't matter if you're one K, two K or eight K I rating, you see how do you compare? It's really important for us because we don't want the product that's only for the fastest, because in the end this is probably one percent of the races 99% are driving differently or have different lap times and it, it should be also rewarding. And when you open it up at the moment, you see oh, two seconds, but yeah, there is, there's one alien. So we are working yeah. on this and this, this will come out actually pretty soon. It just didn't make the cut. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. sometimes it's a tough decision for us also because we did work a lot on this uh, series module and at some point you want to release it and just give it out and maybe even get some feedback because we weren't 100% sure if this um, clustering of people is really something user want. But we got exactly this feedback. Yeah, good stuff.
1: Well, guys, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy days and nights. You got a lot of balls in the air. Really appreciate you taking the time to chat with Josh and I and to share with us your story of the growth of Race Lab and where you're going in the future. You're doing a, a great job and look forward to joining you along your journey.
0: Yeah. And on behalf of us and the entire community, thank you so much for everything you do to advance the whole iRacing community with whether it's the overlays or, or the whole Race Lab aspect that's in progress and has so much potential. So thank you for spending all the long hours and giving time raising to, to do all
3: this yeah thanks for for having us it was fun to talk with you and maybe in a year we do another podcast and see what's the difference that would be really interesting yeah thank you for ha-
2: having us i think it's, it's really fun to have a look back where we came from and i just really love the whole community is really friendly and supportive I really love to see that people are bringing ideas to Racelab and I want to encourage everyone if you have an idea or if you're missing a feature, if you have anything that you would like to improve in your racing life and you have an idea about it, you know, we are um, here to help you out basically if we can. So yeah, just don't forget to send the idea on our discord and uh, we're going to make it happen hopefully.
1: Thank you. Thanks guys. Yeah. Thanks so much. So that's our show for this week. If you enjoyed the show, please hit that follow button wherever you're listening to your podcasts. If you have comments, just search for Everyday Racers on
0: Reddit, and you can leave a comment on any of our posts out there. If you want to send us an email, you can shoot us a line at everydayiracers at gmail.com. That's all one word, everydayiracers at gmail.com. We hope to hear from you, and we'll see you on the track.